Older people in care homes are among the most vulnerable people in society, and they're reliant on the care home workforce for many of their everyday needs. Complex medical conditions associated with later life mean that on average, care home residents take around seven to eight medicines each day. This polypharmacy in return increases the risk of medication errors from failures in prescribing, dispensing, administering and monitoring medication. So today I'm going to be talking to Liz Price at Medicare, who is an expert in this field. My name's Simon Parker. I'm the founder and chief executive of the Care Leaders Network, which is the professional community for the leaders of care organisations. So without further ado, let's get started. So Liz, what are the most common medication mistakes made in care settings? So mistakes tend to happen in three key areas. They can be with the prescriber or the GP, with the pharmacy in a dispensing error, or in the care setting itself. And then typical errors that you might see within the care setting are errors of omission. So a, a medication has been prescribed to be given to somebody and it's not offered to be given. Um, to do with the timeliness of the medication. So uh, particularly medications for things like Parkinson's are very time specific. And if those aren't offered at the correct time, that can have some potentially quite serious consequences. Um, the wrong medication itself. So selecting the wrong medication to be given or even offering um, the medication to the wrong resident. Um, so within that as well, you might see something around the wrong dose being given. So if it's um, take two tablets, for example, they may have only given one or vice versa. And then lastly, we tend to see errors around what has happened not being documented correctly. So it could either be that a medication has been given and they forgot to record it or that they didn't record accurately what was given. So in our example earlier with the, the one or two, perhaps they gave one, but they actually documented two or, or vice versa. So those tend to be um, the most common errors and most typical errors that we see. So I guess the next and most important question is really how do you prevent those medication errors? Yes, I mean, we're human and we, you know, we always make mistakes from time to time, but there are things that we can do um, to minimise those or certainly um, reduce the frequency of those. I think the first step is to make sure that you've got a really robust and clear plan in place of how medications are going to be managed in your care setting. Um, so that how the resident likes to take them, any preferences, any particular policies and procedures are all documented. And then that those are clearly visible to all of the staff, including agencies staff that you might get visiting your home and any new staff. So if you have a resident with a particular preference for the way they like to take a medication, um, they need to be able to see that at the point of administration. It's no good having it stored away in a dusty folder in a room somewhere. They need to be aware of, of those likes and preferences and, and policies and procedures that are important to those unique individuals. I guess as well. So like from a from an onboarding and just general training perspective, the team needs to know the specifics of the the, the systems and processes. And then I guess from a, a a specific person by person or resident by resident basis, there the uh, there has to be a great appreciation of the uh, of the care plan and specifically the medication part of the care plan, so that you can take the the context of the systems and process and then then make that applicable to the the particular individual that's receiving the the medication themselves. Exactly that. This is, you know, it's all about delivering that person centred care, isn't it? And understanding those individual needs. Um, but as I say, making that available at the point of administration so that you, you're aware of those preferences as you go through and deliver the medication. Um, I think a really common area that we see arise, um, 
around making sure that medications are stored safely. So in line with the um, the obviously manufacturer's guidelines for things around temperature or things like that, um, but also tidily as well. If you've got endless open boxes of medication with blister packs of strips of medication all over the place, it becomes, um, you know, it's, it's risky to run through and select the correct medication in the first place. So being really, um, really tidy and really um, organised in the way that your medication is stored um, and making sure that it's secure as well to prevent any, um, you know, accidental access. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about making sure that you've got those policies and procedures in place, um, but it's also a good idea to make sure they're really regularly reviewed and also that the management are conducting regular checks to make sure that those are actually being followed in practice. It's no good, you know, a new start comes on and they understand all your policies and procedures and go, yep, yeah, that's great, and then head out onto the floor and do something completely different. We need to make sure that they are actually following the way that we need things to be done for our residents in our home. Mm, yeah that makes sense and i guess that's probably something that uh the the slippage almost like the initial concept is something that's appreciated and understood from from day one but i guess if people don't have that regular check-in just to kind of reinforce yeah. the right way and the wrong way and things like that that's where maybe a slightly lackadaisical or a, 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 a carer or maybe just somebody not concentrating having a bad day whatever it might be um ends up making a, a an error and of course as you said with certain types of medication the impact of that can be really quite quite significant so getting it right it's got to be well uh the front of mind and just a well-executed system process policy procedure etc definitely and it's not always about catching people doing things wrong it's about catching them doing it right as well um mm. and celebrating that success and you know where people are um seeing good outcomes and and following best practice it's about celebrating that too Mm. Yeah, I think it's all too easy, isn't it, to fall into a trap of kind of telling people off yeah. um, when uh, when, of course, obviously, if something is done incorrectly, it needs to be highlighted. And there's ways and means of being able to manage that in a kind of a productive and compassionate and uh, 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 kind of a positive way. Um, but being able to recognize success when people are doing things is uh, I don't think there's any downside to that. No, definitely not. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand as well. Quite a, an important point is around creating a culture where people feel comfortable to report mistakes and near misses to you. We don't want people to feel afraid of the consequences because people are human and people will make mistakes. What's important, though, is that we learn from those, investigate what happened, understand why it happened and then see what steps could we take to minimise that risk or stop that from happening again in the future. So having mm -hmm. that open an honest culture where people are you know not afraid to put their hand up around not actual mistakes but near misses too so oh I did this I didn't actually do it but I if I had that could have been quite serious so let's talk about that as a team and actually understand what could be done to prevent the run-up to that actual incident happening in the first place yeah being mindful in those sets of circumstances I think is really 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 key the often so back back in my management consultancy days i used to spend lots of time in in care homes some of them were absolutely fantastic uh obviously there's always the, the things that could be improved through to homes that maybe they got some fairly significant challenges and i can remember sitting in um meetings with uh safeguarding meetings with local authorities and the cqc and kind of various other professionals in the uh, in the room um and obviously the typically this is where the, 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 this is the kind of rough end of the spectrum where kind of bad things have have happened and the one thing that was always appreciated time and time again was 
just transparency about the set of circumstances. We have had a set of circumstances where something bad has happened. This is everything that we know about the set of circumstances, completely open, completely transparent. But this is what we're doing about it. This is the lessons. Yeah. This is how we're going to be. This is our kind of action plan for how we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen in this way again in the uh, in the future. And lo and behold, that goes down really well. You know, it, it, it's um, it's it, it, it's great from a team perspective because people feel free to be able to have conversations about the good, the bad and the ugly of the of the set of circumstances. Um, I think it creates almost like an element of cohesivity as well, because if you can admit to your um I guess on a personal level, you probably have more kind of vulnerable conversations with people that you're closer to. Being able to open up to, to making mistakes, um, it, it it can draw a team together as well, which as to, to your point from a cultural perspective can be extremely, extremely powerful. And it makes people, um, because they're, they're able to talk about kind of how they've fared well or maybe not so well on, on, on different days, you've then got that, uh, you've then got the other team members looking to try and build each other up and work with each other to be able to try and help make sure that mistakes aren't made in the future or that if they are that they're kind of managed managed appropriately definitely if you've got everybody aligned to the same goal and focus and working towards the same um you know end goal at the end then it just makes life a lot easier for everybody doesn't it um mm. i think um one of the other things is making sure that you have got those adequate staffing levels so that the team around you can support you in concentrating on the task that you're trying to do at that time mm -hmm. so um there's nothing worse than trying to do a medication round and being interrupted constantly with questions or um you know other things that are going on medication is serious there can be as you said earlier potentially really serious consequences if you get it wrong and so having those adequate staffing levels in place just to mean that the person that's doing that task whether it be administering medications or booking in medications or ordering medications actually has that time and space and team support to be able to focus on that task is really really important mm. yeah absolutely Talk to me about the 10 R's because people might have heard of the 10 R's of preventing medication errors, but talk me through the, 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 the different 10. Sure. So this is one of those really funny things where it depends which organization you talk to as to how many R's they have. Um, okay. But I've never come across an organization that has more than 10. So I think this is this is, is kind of the full okay. list. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then people like people talk about the five R's or the seven R's or, or things like that. But um, they're all sort of, you know, largely pointed in, in the right direction. So I'll, I'll go through the 10 um, and people can perhaps uh, say, oh, yeah, I recognize that one. Or perhaps that's one we could add to our list. Um, so the first one is the right resident, which sounds really obvious, but making sure that you've got the right resident in front of you that you're meant to be giving that medication to. Um, it's kind of, you know, medication administration 101, but you'd be surprised. Going hand in hand with that is making sure you selected the right medication. So um, sometimes medications presented in blister packs, um, sometimes it's in its original packaging. So there's various other different methods, but whatever method you use, it's satisfying yourself that the medication you are about to administer is the correct one. So if it is in its original packaging, not just relying on the box and the label, but actually checking the blister packaging that the medication is in the actual tablet packaging itself to make sure that what's in the box is what's on the box is really really important 
once you've got your right med, you need to make sure you're going to give the right dose. So is this one tablet, two tablet, 10 mil, 20 mil? What's the right dose for this particular instance? And that may or may not be affected by something like a test result. So if you're giving insulin, for example, um, it may be dependent on the blood sugar results as to how, what level of medication of insulin that you're actually giving at that point. So satisfying yourself that you know exactly how much you're going to give in that particular instance. Next one is right root, which is fairly obvious. You need to make sure that you're swallowing tablets and not putting them anywhere else um, or, you know, anything like that. We've seen some um, interesting tales over the years of medication that's been given by the incorrect root. Not very common, fortunately, but you do need to make sure that it's going in the right place. We mentioned earlier about the right time. So particularly with those really time sensitive medications, um, it's you need to make sure that they are given on the button. Um, most meds tend to be once a day, twice a day, things like that. And you've got a little bit more flexibility with those as long as they're taken with an appropriate gap since the last dose, then that's fine. Um, but it's having that information available to you to know when that last dose was given. Um, a lot of paper bar charts, for example, you simply sign when it's given. There's not a time slot to say this was given at exactly 8.30, for example. So it's making sure that you understand exactly when that last dose was given to make sure that the correct gap is being left between those administrations. We come then to write documentation. I think we're on number six now. Um, so you've done all this lovely hard work in selecting your medication and getting the right residents and, and understanding the dose and giving it to them. You now need to record that that's what's happened because one of my favorite phrases is work not recorded is work not done. You need to make sure that that's been documented and documented accurately. Number seven is the right to refuse. So if we were in our own home and taking any medication, uh, if we decide we don't want to take it that day, we don't. And it should be no different in a care home. People are obviously encouraged to take their medication. The doctor would like them to take it for whatever reason it's been prescribed, but they do have the right to refuse. And it's important to remember that all we can do as care providers is document those reasons and then maybe investigate those over time to see if there's a pattern emerging as to maybe we could help with that. So, for example, if a client is frequently asleep at a time that a medication is due to be given, or could we maybe move the time of that medication to you know when they're awake and therefore they might get to take their medication a bit more regularly. Number eight is around resident education. Um, so I'm pretty sure if you or I went to the doctors and they gave us a prescription, we wouldn't just take it without understanding what it was, what it did, what it was for. And it should be no different in a care setting. They should, if they obviously have capacity to understand that, um, you know, understand why they're taking that medication um, and what the reasons are, what potential side effects might be, that sort of thing. Um, the next one is the right evaluation. So we should be regularly reviewing these medications, um, obviously with the support of GPs or pharmacists or other clinical professionals, um, the, regularly reviewing those medications, making sure that, um, you know, side effects are being dealt with appropriately and that um, there's not sort of multi medications going on where they needn't be. And then the last one is right assessment, because we touched on it a little bit earlier, where you may need to perhaps perform a test before you give a medication. So you're assessing the need of actually giving that medication or more commonly with PRN or when required medication, you need to understand the circumstances in which that should be given. So what signs are they displaying to me that actually um, they're having pain in their knees or they have a headache? Will they verbalize that request and tell me or do I need to be looking for a different, um, you know, sort of uh, 
behavior being displayed that might indicate to me so perhaps they're sitting clutching their knees for example might indicate that the arthritis in their knees is playing up today and they, they need a bit of pain relief something like that so being able to conduct that assessment and, and understand um, is this the right thing to do to give this medication to that person so I think there's I think there's quite enough there with with all 10 um, I, I've not heard of any organizations like I say coming up with more than that but perhaps somebody will tell us differently after the podcast like to take a moment just to let you know about one of the sponsors of the Care Leaders Network podcast. Howden Group is the second largest insurance broker in the UK and they pride themselves on being specialists within the care sector. Their aim is to help care leaders build remarkable care organisations by providing them with a unique experience and also the best possible deal. To learn more about their tailored insurance solutions, head to howdengroup.com. Well, I'm going to add an extra R in, although it's not relevant to, uh, to to the actual process itself. But I'd say that that is a a robust list checklist of uh, things to uh, to double check, obviously, in the in the process of medication management. So I know that sounds really sensible. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear from other people whether they have uh, maybe a slightly different collection of R's or maybe they're presented in a in a different way. But uh, I can see why those specific 10 R's make make an awful lot of sense. So thank you for sharing those. Um one of the things that we touched upon earlier is the fact that like even with the best will in the world accidents do happen um what can we do to help understand like why an error has occurred and to, to be able to get the best of the le the lessons from those medication errors yeah so i think it's really important to record all of your medication errors and your near misses as well so have a policy in place have a method in place for capturing those that everybody is aware of maybe there's a form that they need to fill in or a book that you keep somewhere but what's the arrangement in your home so that if this incident occurs or nearly occurs all the staff are aware of what they should do around that once you've recorded them, it's un it's important that you investigate to try and understand what the root cause was. So maybe I gave the medication to the wrong resident. What caused that to happen? Is it because I was interrupted? Is it because um, we've got twins in the building and they look, look very, very similar? What was the actual root cause of that happening? And then we need to look at what could be done differently to try and prevent that from happening again. So um, could we put extra staffing in place to mean that we're, we're not getting interrupted? Could we um, say that we're checking different methods of ID with people or what 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 simple practical steps could we put in place to try and mitigate those risks next time? Once we put those in place, we need to keep reviewing them because quite often I'll see as a result of a medication incident, um, uh, care organisations will update policies and procedures to say, um, you know, a certain thing. Maybe they'll need a witness signature for a certain type of drug or something like that. But let's regularly review that and see, is that still effective? We can't think, well, we've put a method in place and then we'll walk away and, and hope that that doesn't happen again. We need to be circling back on that review and making sure that that's still effective and we don't need to be doing anything different. And then lastly, we spoke about it earlier, but it really is that that open and supportive culture where people are not afraid to come forward and say this thing happened or I'm worried about this thing or I've got a concern here or there. So, yeah, it, it, I, I can't stress enough how important that culture is. I'd like to take a moment just to say thank you to one of our sponsors who are Moneypenny. So Moneypenny are the leaders in outsourced calls and they support hundreds of care organisations by delivering brilliant conversations on their behalf by providing you with a dedicated receptionist from their specialist care team who are on hand to help out with calls and chats whenever you need them. 
You can find out more by heading to moneypenny.com. Well, anyone that knows me uh, will know that culture is one of my favorite uh, subjects. I think it's one of the most important things that any care leader can can focus on because it's the operating system of your people. You know, you have an operating system for everything, making sure that you've got your, I think you mentioned it earlier, making sure that people are aligned and pulling in the right direction. There's, there's uh, fundamentally, I believe that that's the, the, the most important thing that any care leader can can focus on. So no, that's uh, that, that's very insightful. Uh, and I think a, a valuable reinforcement of uh, a, a, an extremely important message. So thank you for that. Um, just to wrap things up, okay, so um, what are the solutions out there that are available that can help care operators to reduce or even completely eradicate medication errors? I would love to say that we could eradicate them, but um, honestly, I tend to get a bit suspicious in organisations that tell me they don't have any errors, that they have eradicated them. Because it's simply not true. It's Everybody makes mistakes from time to time. Um, the important thing is, like I say, to spot them, understand them and do something about them. But there are methods that you can put in place to help. There are tools that can help. Um, so we talked about carrying out regular audits and staff training, I think, is important as well. But also regularly testing their competence. So it's not enough to train a member of staff when they join the organisation and then assume that they're OK from that point on. If not, sort of six monthly or yearly assessments around their competency are, are essential to making sure that they um, you know, continue to get things right. I'd say, obviously, my background um, being pharmacy, utilise the resources that are out there. So utilise um, other healthcare professionals like pharmacists, like your GP, dentists, chiropractors. All those people can provide a really holistic approach um, and may have some valuable input and insight to give and, and help. And then lastly, um, I would recommend an email solution. So obviously, Medicare provide an email solution and it gives you that complete transparency into the way that medication is being managed. So it won't stop errors from happening. But what it will do is give you an alert. It will give you a warning, give you a heads up that these things have happened or could happen. And that say help you to then put steps in place to stop them from happening again. Um, our system in particular has lots of warnings and alerts built in along the way as well to try and keep you on the on the straight and narrow and keep you following those best practices and, and policies and procedures that you've that you've set up and lovingly created. This has been really, really helpful talking about medication management today. Thank you so much for your insights. I uh, I appreciate your time and I'm sure our, our audience at home will be uh, will be very uh, appreciative of your time as well. So thank you. You're very welcome. It's been lovely to chat with you.